Hey, security peeps, we are live with another edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, demystifying cybersecurity careers for the month of October, which is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And I am here with two awesome rock stars. First, my <laughs> brother from another mother, Chris Folon. Say hi to the people, Chris. We can't hear you. All right. I know my my unmute my unmute wasn't working. There he is. <laughs> there he is. He's here. Um, and hey, everyone. <laughs> and we're here with Charles Britt. Say hi to everybody, Charles. Hello, everyone. So Charles is here to talk about so many cool things. So Charles has been the man behind launching off this program called Perscolis, which we have talked about. We've had a number of the graduates come on here. It's such a great launch pad for early career people who are just breaking into the industry. Um, so we're going to talk with Charles about that. We're going to talk with Charles about what he did at Nova Community College in the cybersecurity space. So he really is an expert in breaking into security. So the very first beginning, bunch of people who have no idea what to do yes. when they're getting ready to jump in. Um, Charles is the man. So Charles, kick it off. Please let us know what, you know, how you got involved with Perscolis. Yes. Um, let people know what Perscolis is. I mean, we've been talking about Perscolis mm -hmm. and we've mm -hmm. had a number of people come on this month yes. um, of their grads. So talk about what it is sure. and then how you got it, to, you know, started in their cyberspace. They have been doing other things, but how cyberspace yeah. got started and then we'll kick it off from there. Sure. Thank you very much, Renee and Chris. Thanks for having me on your show today. So uh, Perscolis, as you mentioned, and you've had some of their graduates, is a national nonprofit organization um, that supports the workforce development activities around IT and cyber careers. They are based in New York, and they've got uh, offices around the United States and one here in the Washington, D.C. area, as well as Baltimore. And back in 2015, when they were looking to expand into the national capital region market, I was actually invited and asked by the then director to join the advisory board to sort of provide some guidance and advice on how to, of course, in those roles, guide the program, grow in a, a bigger portion to make connections to people in industry to support uh, funding for the program, as well as placing graduates into uh, IT jobs and internships. So, of course, they've had a long track record of success prior to coming to the uh, D.C. area, but was looking to expand and meet the market needs for our region. So it wasn't just enough to offer at that time just the A-plus course, but the director was looking at how can we position ourselves to be ahead of where market trends are going and what is industry looking for. And as you mentioned, at that time, I was at Northern Virginia Community College uh, managing one of their STEM outreach uh, programs specifically focused on cyber. So when I joined the board and we were talking about where could Perscolas go in the D.C. region, the first, first thing I mentioned was, have we thought about cybersecurity? Have we thought about entry-level jobs? 
And as you can imagine, the comments back from the board members and other folks was, we hear about these jobs, but it's difficult for folks to get in. We're hearing that they're requiring lots of certifications, you know, that that requires years of experience. And above all, they're going to need some type of security clearance. So I told them, hey, let me help put some of these myths, you know, dispel some of these myths. All of that is true, but there are entry points into cybersecurity that students could take, particularly with the foundational education that Proscolas was providing them at the time. So we brainstormed and we actually started a cybersecurity task force that the then director launched. I co-chaired this task force with another individual and we brought together folks from industry in our area, such as Accenture, from government. Um, there was Bill Newhouse was on the task force, which you probably know of him from NIST. And we sat down and we had several meetings over the course of the year about what does the cybersecurity talent challenge look like in the D.C. area? This is the first time something like this had happened. I'm being honest. This was 2015. And it was really the first time people had come across these from cross sectors to sit down together, not just in Northern Virginia. I had been in a lot of the meetings in Northern Virginia, but Northern Virginia wasn't talking to Maryland. Maryland wasn't having no love for DC. So I was like, no, we need people from all over this region to come together and figure out how we can solve this problem. So we had representation from, you know, groups that were working out of DC, Maryland and Virginia. And we sat, talked about the challenges. We mapped it out on a whiteboard. I'll never forget it. And out of that came, how can we prepare individuals that are coming out of this program to go into cybersecurity. So CompTIA was already a huge supporter of Perscolas and, and, and funds them and also provides a lot of the curriculum. So when I was thinking about what could they do, I kind of pivoted off of, you know, CompTIA. I said, hey, if you're already giving them A+, plus, to get them into an entry-level job based on my experience, if we could get them net plus and then add on security plus, then I'm certain there would be employers in the region that would hire them. And everybody just looked at me like, really? So you're telling me if we just add on two more certifications with no, not necessarily a lot of years of experience that someone's going to swoop them up? And I'm like, yes. Um, we were already, of course, providing these degree programs at NOVA. And then the students would then go on to George Mason. That's what I was promoting. But I was secretly telling a lot of students at NOVA, let me tell you, you really don't have to go to George Mason. <laughs> you could stop here, get these certs that they're offering for this low cost, and then go directly into the industry. Now, most of them didn't believe me, of course. But so I told them, I'm serious. I mean, there were companies that were hitting me up at NOVA saying, do you have students that are looking for work? I'm ready to hire them. And it was amazing to me how desperate at that time, and even now, the companies were to find students that were already on the path, that were working towards certifications, that they were willing to skill up and train. So I told Proscolas, you'd be on the cutting edge if you offered this additional training to your graduates who are already coming out with A+. You know, IT technician jobs are, you know, here and there, but they're going away. So the next step would be to get them the Network Plus and Security Plus, but it would take funding. So at that time, there was a grant that was out. We had pitched it to a couple of companies, but there was a grant that was out through J.P. Morgan Chase. I worked with the then director to develop out the grant, put in the pieces and components of how the program would work. The individuals would, you know, complete the A+. And with six months of experience having worked in IT, they would then reapply to come back to Perscolas. They would then get the Net Plus added, the Security Plus, and then be working with the business solutions uh, manager at the organization to place them into internships. So as 
great as it was, we pulled the proposal together. I was on the call with JP Morgan Chase when we pitched the idea to them and got off nervous wondering if they would buy into it. Because again, this is new. No one had really thought about this and they did. So Proscolis was awarded the grant, uh, a workforce grant from JP Morgan Chase to start the program. I rolled off uh, my role on the advisory board about a year or so after that. So I haven't had much contact with the group understanding where the program went. I knew that it was gonna be successful, but hadn't had much input you know, beyond that to see where things were going, how the program was moving forward, but I knew that it was gonna be successful. So when I ran across the post on LinkedIn from one of the students that you had that was talking about the program, I was like, wait a minute, that's the same program that I, you know, worked with Proscolas to kind of launch back in 2015. And this guy is talking about how successful it made his career. I couldn't help but comment and say, I felt good. I felt really, you know, proud of the fact that I had sort of put forth a program that I knew would launch careers for young people. But it really, as I mentioned, moved away from Nova, had done some other things. But to see that come back this many years later, and I'm sure they've tweaked it. I'm sure they're probably growing it in so many different ways. It was really good to see that the idea of just adding those additional layers of certification, um, ensuring that they're well prepared for the interviews and going in and getting the jobs, which is something Proscolis was already good at. I was 100% certain that folks could break into cybersecurity because there were already employers that were looking for our students right out of no but they're ju I just didn't have an organization or a mechanism to connect them with because they weren't in Northern Virginia to get them to that next step. And I felt Proscolis was the way to do that. Nice, nice. Um, I, I love the fact that you mentioned between the A plus and the network and security plus that there's experience. And yes. I think that experience is what's key for a, a lot of employers is to say, well, it's not just the certs, but That's they right. have at least uh, this amount of time of experience so that they could get on the job and uh, at least start um, being operational from day one. That is correct. And another aspect of the program that I failed to mention was, and we did include this language in the grant, is that we would also target veterans, individuals that were coming out of the military who already had experience but didn't have the certifications. That's an easy win right there. Mm -hmm. Because these individuals also probably already have clearances or could be cleared again easily because of their background in the military. So that was another component, of course, that was a I wouldn't say a selling point, but that was a huge benefit that J.P. Morgan Chase saw that by adding in the veterans and targeting that population as well, you certainly could guarantee that you're supporting them in returning to the workforce. But then they're also coming with, you know, less barriers because they've got that experience and potential to be able to go into work in organizations that are requiring clearances. And Charles, what other companies um, participated in this? So when you saw the some of the hires or some of the companies that you all went to or some of the companies mm -hmm. that Perscolis already works with. Yes. If you get sure. the names of those companies, that would be great. Yeah, the major partner that they had was Accenture uh, Federal Services, which is in the D.C. area. There were individuals from that company that were on the advisory board and also on the task force. Mantech was another company that you hear often, which is big in our region. Um, Tech Systems, I think they've recently joined and partnered with them, but there may have been input from that company as well. Those were sort of the bigger players that were at the table. And then, as I mentioned, there were folks that were from local government. Um, Montgomery County government had a representative from their workforce development. Um, there were individuals uh, from SkillSmart, which is a workforce initiative or company that promotes 
uh, working with companies to kind of fill the talent gap across a variety of careers. But the bigger ones that, you know, most of us know about were Accenture, Mantech, Tech Systems that I can think of right off the top of my head. Okay. Those are some huge players. I, I know Mantech for sure. And yes. Center Federal Services in the DC area. They're huge players. Huge. Yeah. Huge. And they're engaged with many organizations, including Europe. Um, I know they're actively engaged with Bite Back in DC, Empower um, in, in Baltimore. All of these organizations are working to put students into these IT entry level jobs. And I know Accenture is at the forefront of partnering with them, not just on giving them money, but also partnering with them to do some of the soft skill training, the mentoring for the students that are in the program. And then also, which I love, which is huge for not only Accenture, but KPMG and Deloitte is providing that pro bono consulting of how they develop out the curriculum and how they build partnerships with other workforce entities that may not be engaged with them to ensure that this entire ecosystem is working together to solve this challenge. One of the things I love about, specifically about Prescolas is that it is free. Yes. And it's no cost. <laughs> exactly. You can't be free. You cannot be free. So yes. you go, you, you know, obviously you dedicate your time, mm -hmm. but it's one of these programs. And I had heard about it in New York. They came on the show way back when, maybe two oh, awesome. years ago. Okay. Um, some of the New York folks and not, not, um, it was platformed by Perscolis in New York. Mm, okay. uh, and they were running a program up there a few years ago. And I had a mm -hmm. good friend who was in their, um, career development space and okay. she brought them, um, you know, brought a couple people on, yes. uh, one of the podcasts, probably like Chris, probably October of 2018, 2019. So, I'm sorry. Um, the, the fall of 2018, she was one of our early, uh, folks, but, I, you know, really seeing what I really, really enjoyed about um, having some of the Perscolis grads on is seeing the results. So mm -hmm. it's one thing to talk about it yes. and say, okay, yeah, we're training these people, whatever. And then a couple of years later, you see these people who are successfully in their That's careers right. and they didn't have, you know, they don't have an additional student loan. They didn't yes. have to, you know, really come out of their pockets that much. So it's really such a really good um you know, a really good launch pad for people. It really is because as you mentioned, um, as you mentioned, uh, some of these training programs in this region can be very, very expensive. Um, you know, I, I don't name any names, <laughs> but we're talking, you know, from a couple hundred to several thousand dollars, you know, to take an A plus class or a net plus class. So that's why I was very glad to see that through Nova's workforce development program, which they're now offering free training in A plus and network and security plus if students didn't know um, through some workforce grants they've gotten as a result of the pandemic. Students were paying a lower cost, of course, to take a community college course and getting that education, but you can't be free. And Prescolis is one program that I, one only one I know in this region that would give you that training for free. Um, and I'm sure they probably expanded it across the nation where you can get that, you know, the training, but also the support that you need. Because Nova will give you the classes, but then getting that mentorship or getting that support to help build out your resume and prepare you for the interviews and matching you with company partners is a place where Nova's trying to grow those partnerships across Northern Virginia with, you know, the workforce development groups and the and the uh, business industry. But Briscolas already has those companies in place, which makes it very ideal for students that want to launch their careers in cyber. And again, because it is free, there's a limited number of students that could go 
through the program. There's a selection process, which is great. So you don't get in the first time, you know, you try again, of course, the next time, but it's not like they're just taking in wholesale hundreds of folks. So it's good because they're selecting folks that they know will have the qualifications and skills and the aptitude to be able to then transition into the workforce. Exactly. Let me shout some people out who are here, who come all the time. Do I still have an echo? A little bit? Yes, you do. Okay, let me pull up. Let me... So, some, some of the folks that are here all the time, Reginald, and Reginald wanted no, to thank me. you, Charles, um, awesome. for the groundwork that you, you laid because um, he was one of the, the students that came through that program. Awesome. That is awesome. Good to hear. Good to hear, Reginald. Congrats. Couple comments here. Am I still echoing? No, better. Okay. So, hi, Sepair. He's here. Uh, Anya is here. Anka says hello, everyone. Um, Charles, you're doing a fantastic <laughs> job. Thank you. Hello. Any Perscola's plans for the West Coast? This is Patrick. He wants to know. That's a good question. I wouldn't have the answer for that, but I would certainly check out their website because um, they do list where I know I can tell kind of they're doing some development work. You can certainly check out their website to see if they've actually started a recent program. I don't think that they do, but there's contact information there where you certainly can reach out to them by email and the website she's posted. I'd certainly check out the website and give them a call and just see if they're planning any future expansion out there so that you can be first in line to apply and get on that <laughs> website and see if you can get into the program. Totally. Onye says, Renee and Chris, awesome work you two are doing. Thank you so much. Reginald says, I want to say thank you. If not for your groundwork, I would not have been able to join an outstanding company. I'm on the path right now. That wow. is awesome. Good to hear. Good awesome, to hear. Awesome. Awesome. Tyrone is here and he's a Nova Woodbridge product. Okay. All right. So for Nova Woodbridge own. campus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Reginald says, Patrick, just come to the East. Yeah, you need to come over here, Patrick. Yes, yes. <laughs> come over here. The CIA is here. We heard that <laughs> Patrick was over there talking to the CIA uh, really? representative last okay. week. I know that's right. Week. I know they're hiring. That's my, my former stomping ground. So I know they're hiring. They are always hiring. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Just covert about it. Yes. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Charles, I want to know. Um, when you sit down, for, well, a couple different things that have come up, and I don't, I don't know if you know about compensation ranges of some of the people who have come out of the programs, mm -hmm. um, because uh, one of the things that comes up often is around, you know, oh, as soon as you get out, you get this six-figure job, um, <laughs> which some, you know, some people do. I can't yes. say everyone does not. Correct. But do you have an idea of like the typical starting ranges for the students that you've seen come out? Um, programs? Sure. Of these types of programs, more than likely, you're looking in the 20 to $25 range an hour, um, which, you know, I'm not trying to compare this to, you know, someone working at Safeway or the grocery store, because he's, trust me, that's a huge jump. But for entry level in IT, somewhere around the 20 to $25 range is really good if you're just coming in and getting your foot in the door. But it's really a based on, as Chris has mentioned, and others have talked about, I'm sure on your show, the level of experience. How much experience are you really bringing to the table, not just in education, but in the workforce, prior military? Do you have a clearance or are they putting you in for a clearance? I can tell you that clear jobs will pay more 
um, generally speaking. So that's always something that you have to factor in as well. Is the company going to get them a clearance and they're going to be billable to a government client? Of course, they're going to be making a little bit more money. And the other trend that you'll see is whether or not they're working for a large company, such as a Northrop Grumman or a Lockheed Martin versus a smaller startup company that's just out the gate. Um, who has a small footprint in the cyber field, you're going to get paid more with the smaller company than you would with the larger because they've got their criteria already set out, as you know, in HR for bands of folks and how you get promoted. So the salary range is going to be a little bit different. But I can generally be safely say that I'm certainly between the 20 to 25, you know, upwards of $30 an hour, you know, uh, range is where you're going to land if you're just starting out coming out of one of these programs, which is, you know, good. Again, considering you don't have any college debt and student loans, you got to pay back. <laughs> True indeed. <laughs> yes. And I know that some of the folks who have had, because because some of the people here, and I, I hear the echo, yikes. some of the people have had um, college degrees. Mm -hmm. So some of the folks that have come on have had degrees and then even gone through a personal Exactly. Through. And the ones with the degrees tend to, from my experience, from, you know, anecdotally, mm -hmm. get a little bit more too. So that is correct. Yeah. In the, in the 40 and now 80 K ish range. Like they they've said the ranges has been a little bit higher, but I'm, I'm glad you're um, clarifying. These are fresh out of mm -hmm. a program right out of school, right out of high school, even potentially. Um, exactly. Right. And again, I understand a lot of them are adults. <laughs> they've been working for quite some time and they're looking to make that big salary that they're hearing other people that are, you know, the other folks are talking about. But I mean, as you said, we've got some rock stars. If you've gone in and you've wowed them and they're working on a major project that they know that you can support, and above all, it's how you negotiate. How do you even negotiate for that? Because they're going to come in and they're going to offer you the 20 or the $25 an hour. But somebody with really good negotiation skills like I was when I went to the CIA, I negotiated a higher salary when I started the CIA. And again, I was brand new, fresh out of college. But I was like, wait a minute. I'm hearing some higher salaries than my friends are telling me that work in the private sector. So if you really want me, you need to bump up this salary. And they were like, well, you know, everybody that comes into the government gets a GS2 and a GS5. And I'm like, uh-uh, nope, nope, no, nope, no, nope. no. College degree, working in IT, you know, you've got a huge demand and a demand is huge. So if you know of a company that's just got a contract or they're really ramping up on a particular activity, that's the time to come in and say, I know you need me. <laughs> I have what you're looking for. Let's negotiate, you know, and it's not always salary. It could be other benefits that come along with that. But that's a huge thing that plays into how much you'll get going in as well. But I'm very pleased to say that most programs that are familiar to that are similar to Prescola's and others that I know, there is a minimum that they ask the employers to take in, you know, to give to their 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 graduates because they want to ensure that it has been beneficial and worthwhile for them to come through the program and show mm -hmm. that return to their investors and people who are putting money into the program. Exactly. Exactly. You don't want to, you don't want to educate someone, get them certifications and they're making the same kind of money that they would have been there prior to yes. doing all of that. That's right? Return on yeah. investment. Mm -hmm. Totally. But, but then what, what Charles mentioned with figuring out what's happening um, with those companies, what mm -hmm. sort of deals that they close, um, yes. <laughs> that's using the, the, the threat intelligence or the intelligence <laughs> aspect of cybersecurity to figure out your, your landscape and how things are operating so you that do. you can take advantage of that. That is so true. I mean, and I, I've done it before. You know, I've worked for contract companies. And if I know you've just been awarded something, I've actually been on bids. You know, I've had to write proposals. And I would call people that I knew and say, hey, we're getting ready to put out some jobs. You may want to get it because we need to fill these billets, as we call them. We've won this. We told the company that, you know, the organization that we can provide the jobs. 
sign up, put your resume in. They're like, are you sure? I'm like, no, you'll get hired <laughs> because we need to fill them. Even if we unfortunately have to replace you later, <laughs> we're going to get you in because we need to fill these billets and show the government, you know, contract that we've got good folks, you know, coming in the door. So yeah, you're right. Doing that homework is important and showing them that you, you've done your research, you know who the hiring manager is, talk to them and see, you know, what are you working with? How can you benefit me? And even at that, like I said, if it's not salary, get them to commit to getting you a new certification, get them to commit to sending you to a particular conference that you've always been wanting to go to, even if you don't get the salary, because it's all about that whole compensation package. It's not just about how much you're bringing in, you know, on the the paycheck. Yeah, for sure. So Shivani wants to know any opportunities for cyber psychology? Uh, Yes. Uh, And I say that because cyber psychology plays a huge role in how we train our users. (laughs) As you know, the biggest weakness in any organization from a cybersecurity perspective are the users. The people in your organization are your biggest weakness. And I've recently attended a conference where a lady actually talked about that, about how cybersecurity training really has to get to the heart of human psychology and how we respond to certain, you know, uh, stimuli and how we respond to certain emails because phishing as you know, is that number one issue that we have, that social engineering. So when you talk about combining that with cybersecurity, understanding the threats that are out there and the field of psychology, you're totally mirroring together the need to be able to provide training, consultation to different government organizations. And another aspect that I was talking to a cybersecurity professional about yesterday is people don't often also think about the diversity that that that's like the diversity of thought and psychology plays in that, where if your company is targeting a certain market, how do those people think? How does that community think that you're selling those products to? Because that's what the adversary is thinking. That cyber criminal is thinking about your users and me working for the Food and Drug Administration. They know that most of my users are scientists and doctors. Their mind isn't on secure passwords and, you know, multi-factor authentication. My users aren't thinking about that. So when they're coming and thinking about the tax that they can have across our agency, they're thinking, okay, if I send this email to this, you know, uh, FDA employee that says, COVID vaccine trials, you know, you know, you open this message. We've got some new data coming out of England. They're going to open it and they're going to want to read it because they want to be get the latest information about what's happening with COVID-19. That's where those threats come in at. So when you think about combining that, finding an organization or company that is diving into that research or that is diving into that field of thinking about how can we train our users and effectively create curriculum that will help prevent some of these social engineering and, and type attacks, will do a huge amount of good for organizations like ours, small businesses, nonprofits, and all these groups that are being held up with ransomware and all these challenges, because it often begins with that one person, that human error, and that psychology. you got to touch on that. That's not, so not to mention that it's such a critical skill for red teamers um, yes. who are emulating the adversary and then uh-huh. blue teamers, if you want to, if you want to then do the opposite to know exactly. what adversaries you're going to do. So it, mm-hmm. it's such an all-purpose skill that you, that's so critical. 100%. And I love it. I love it. Marrying it together. I was on another uh, another video <laughs> conference the other day talking to some students, and I told them, "Don't get caught up when everybody keeps talking about the technical jobs. Every time someone thinks cyber, they think technical, and it drives me crazy. You know why? Because I'm not the most technical person. I'm telling you that right now. Encryption and firewall rules that I have to approve at work drive me bonkers <laughs> because I'm just not a technical person. But let me tell you, there are a lot of soft, they call them soft skills or non-technical jobs that are just important. 
cybersecurity training, the legal aspect of it. When we have breaches, I have to work with our legal department to determine how are we going to present this to the media? How are we going to present this to the press? How are we going to address the legal ramifications of a security breach? We need more of those folks too, because guess what? The firewall guy doesn't know much about that. And the guys that are actually discovering the breach has no insight into how to do that. Well, that's my job, unfortunately. So I have to still hone my skills in other areas than just being technical because there are other aspects of our cybersecurity program that are just important as the folks that are configuring systems and running our Splunk servers behind the scenes. So there's opportunities for folks who are creative who yeah. can develop really good slide presentations. Let me tell you, some of the technical slide presentations that come across my desk, I'm like, oh my God, you need a graphics designer on your painful. team. <laughs> exactly, painful. I mean, I understand what you're trying to say, but you're presenting to a senior official, you're presenting to the commissioner of the Food and Drug Administration. That slide deck is terrible. So, you know, having folks who understand cyber, who understand the technology, who could then translate that to folks who are not technical, either through training, through briefings to senior leadership, those are folks that we're looking for as well, not just the ones that are really good at the adversary work or the red teaming and the blue teaming. Those folks are important. Don't get me wrong. My props to them. But there are also other roles within our cybersecurity program that are just important that we're looking to hire for. And people don't often know that those exist. They automatically go for the analyst role. So I encourage all those who are listening, those who are you know following your show and looking for resources to also look for those types of opportunities as well. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason why we're here this month. It's exactly yeah. why. Yeah. I uh, I was right before jumping on this, um, I was listening to a podcast or, yeah, it was a podcast, Cybercrime okay. podcast from last okay. year. And the CISO, Keith Sullivan, was on there and his background is in his degree, his undergraduate degree is in psychology. Mm. And he you know, but he started in, in the help desk and he moved up in his career. Yes. Um, but he said he uses his psychology degree every single yes. day. You do. You really do. It's it's a really about I'm always solving problems. That is my job. Every day is really solving problems. Um, I always say that our technical folks have it easy because they come in, they hit a few buttons, <laughs> run a few reports, <laughs> uh, look at a few logs, and then it's like I'm good for the day, you know. But the, all day I'm actually interacting with our our stakeholders, you know, both PMs, IT system managers, uh, doctors and lawyers, and folks in criminal investigations throughout my organization, where I'm helping them to solve cybersecurity challenges. They're trying to do their job. They're trying to navigate, you know, COVID-19 and working teleworking that has unearthed a lot of different challenges for our organization. So I, in my role as that liaison, have to then take what they've taught me, translate it, but then also, like you said, use that human perspective. What, what is it that they're really trying to do? Because you hear what they say they're asking for, which is what we get all the time. I need this. But honestly, I'm like you. I'm a thinker. I like, I like I'm a critical thinker. I'm thinking, nah. That's not really what they're asking for. I know what they're really asking for. They want this level of access or they want this. So you have to think ahead because a user is going to try to get as much access and is do able to do as much as they want on the network. But my job is only give them that least privilege, the least amount of roles, least amount of access that you need to use your job. And they will push the envelope because these yeah. folks are coming from a different perspective. So you have to be able to one them up. And that's where the, that critical thinking and, and understanding human psychology comes into play. Totally.
So Richard Stern says, Shivani, there are quite a few academic research projects in flight for psychological profiling of hackers. Mm. So um, Shivani says, thank you. I think she's thanking us all. Tyrone says, do you utilize volunteers who want to help push Perscola's agenda? Um, I, I'm not totally for sure what they're doing at this present time, but I know like I got engaged, I volunteered. So the role that I served on that task force and on the advisory board was volunteer. I wasn't getting paid for that time. So I know they're always looking for individuals that could, you know, support the program through working on their advisory board. Um, I know I was also a couple times a, I was actually the guest, the speaker for their first graduation for their first class. So I was the speaker. Um, so I know they're always looking for graduation speakers to come in. I'm sure that's probably probably being done virtually now. And also to do like mock interviews. I know the business solutions manager who reaches out to the companies would also ask for volunteers from industry to come in and work with the students on their uh, interviewing skills. So yes, I can't say that all of that is happening now and what that looks like. But I do know that when I was engaged with the program, those were areas where you could get involved if you were interested in helping to promote the work that they were doing. But again, there are websites out there. There's contact information for the folks that are leading the uh, National Capital Region office in Silver Spring, I certainly would recommend reaching out to them and seeing how you can help. Yeah, Tyrone, I've been trying to get Bridget Gray on here, um, who is one of the, she pretty much runs the whole training yes. um, over there. And we were actually, she was supposed to come on on September 11th, but I had to cancel. Mm -hmm. um, so trying to get her back on here because she's currently there right now. She's yes. at Priscola's. Exactly. She's the person who referred some of the folks that have come on this, this month. Awesome. So awesome. super excited to have her um, come on when we can, when we can get her on. Yeah. So Tyrone says, True regarding the salary aspect, he just accepted a position with a government agency as a Fed govy with a top security clearance. So he's been able to negotiate yeah. a nice top salary. So Tyrone, awesome. you're going on my list of people that when I need a loan, <laughs> yes. I know where to come. <laughs> That's awesome. And certainly, like you said, encourage him to reach out and support and mentor other people that are going through that same pathway. Um, even at Nova, I, I still interact with Nova. I was in a conference call last week with their workforce development staff talking about ways that we could, you know, through some of this work that you and I have talked about, Renee, still provide opportunities for students even at Nova that are going through the program. So giving back is very important in that area so that someone else knows that, like you said, it validates what they're hearing that, yeah, if you're going to get a top secret working for the federal government like myself, you're going to get paid more. I'm sure, you know, Tyrone's probably making more than me because I don't have a top <laughs> secret clearance. So he's probably more making more than I am. But um, that that salary, getting those clearances. I mean, I did it one time working for the CIA. I had a top secret and do know that the salaries are very you know, you're well paid, but right. there are certainly other opportunities, even in the private sector that you can make just as much, but it's based on that experience and background that you're bringing to the table. Absolutely. So Patrick says so many opportunities. Maybe I should be the director of the Southern California chapter. Hey, that that would be awesome. I mean, again, this program has expanded a lot since it came to the National Capital Region. I know they opened up an office after D.C. They opened up in Atlanta. They opened up in Dallas. Um, I think they're also now in Detroit. So if you look at it, they're sort of making their way <laughs> down from, you know, New York to D.C. to then they were already in Ohio, making their way over 
toward the West Coast, but, you know, it's always strategic. Any organization has to expand, you know, safely, don't grow too quick. Um, so I'm sure it's probably on their radar, but as you can imagine, this COVID and pandemic and things that are going on, I think a lot of businesses are reevaluating how fast and how quickly they move on these types of initiatives. But certainly, I, I can certainly see that it's probably within their, you know, area of, of, of focus to move out to the West Coast as well, especially with the success that you say that they've been having. Yes, absolutely. So, Charles, it is uh, we're at the thir- thirty-four minute mark. Okay, um, <laughs> that time I, went I, quick. <laughs> it went very quickly. I told you we were going to have questions. We have a super engaged audience here, very, sure. very interested, hot topic um, that keeps coming up over sure. and over again because so many people are dying to break into this industry, and we yes. are just trying to do all we can to give them the right resources, the right information. And with your expertise and because you actually have been you're 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 a cybersecurity practitioner, you sat on these boards, you had the federal government experience, you understand it from a community college perspective, and yes. then partnered and then with all the different partnerships, the CompTIA partnership, mm-hmm. um, you know, the PER SCOLAS, the NOVA Northern Virginia. For those those of us who don't know what NOVA stands <laughs> for, right. Northern Virginia Community College. <laughs> um so just amazing. Thank you so, so much for being here and sharing your expertise. Um, like I said, I can't wait to kind of dig in more and do some stuff and see what we can do with, um, you know, with your expertise to just provide more access information uh, for folks that are coming on. And um, to all the, to all the, the, uh, the, Participants, thank you as usual for being here and, and providing all this great content and information and coming with your questions and your comments. Always a pleasure. Yes. Chris Fallon made a guest appearance finally. <laughs> Love it. Got a chance to meet him. Yes. <laughs> Got a chance to see my buddy again. I missed him for most of the week, but he's actively engaged in his new job. Great. So, you know, again, got to make sure everybody's gainfully employed. That's yes. what that's my job. Number um, one. So Folks, last day is tomorrow. Today is number third, day 30. This has been a whirlwind. Tomorrow, last day, come with your costumes. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it will be Halloween. Last day of the month, Cybersecurity Awareness Month. This has been too much fun. Um, and I look forward to seeing everybody tomorrow. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Renee and Chris. I appreciate it. It's great talking Absolutely. with you. Absolutely. Bye, Thanks everybody. Bye. Take care.